they called him out. Yeah, so we had uh, two two BPI athletes competing. So in 212, we had Jose Raymond. Mm-hmm. In physique, we had Stephen Cow. Now, mm-hmm. I know Stephen got six, which for only a second pro show and being the Arnold, that's that's a big accomplishment right there. Stephen looked awesome. And I actually thought from just, you know, I had a I had a great seat at finals. I was just a few rows back, and from where I was sitting, and it can go anyway. You know, all those guys look great. Anybody that's competing in the show looks awesome. But I, I thought Stephen was going to be top three. And, no kidding, uh, really? Yeah, and maybe if uh, you know if if he had been a more well known name or had competed at that show before, maybe he would have snuck into the top three. Um, but but, uh, but based on his physique, his physique was phenomenal. No kidding. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's and, cool. I mean, he's got a great physique, but you never know how you stack up against some of the top pros right. until you stand next to him. Yeah. And that also goes back to like Instagram too, because you see a lot of these guys you know, on Instagram, you don't know what they really look like in person, if they're that big or if they've got filters and they're that lean or not. But Steven, he, yeah, he, he looked phenomenal. He's also got a deceptive physique because he was just in here last week mm-hmm. or it was a week and a half ago yeah. and he and I did that video mm-hmm. and he looked good. You know, he was in a sleeveless shirt. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't tell, you know, right. you, you couldn't tell how lean, you know, he really was. No, nah, you don't see it. In the, but when he got on stage, he looked he looked like 3D. You know, he has that really cool, like round, super round muscle bellies and, and he looked great. So six is good. I mean, that's really good. Hell yeah. He's got to be proud of that. And then uh, I didn't get to see how Jose, Jose Unfortunately, I was shocked. I mean, Jose was hard as nails. Um I thought he was in great shape, and uh, from what I what I saw at prejudging, just th- from pictures, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't there. I thought it was he was either going to be one or two, and uh, he ended up falling down to fifth. Wow! Yeah, um, for yeah, him, he's a top three guy. Yeah, I mean, and just think, just it, it was only a couple months back that he did that open show in California at the uh, Frigno Legacy. And uh, he competed against you know all the open bodybuilders, so the guys that are much bigger than him. And um, and I can't remember, but he came in second or third at that held show. His, held his own. Held his own. And I thought just you know being in shape for, you know all year you know he didn't even he didn't have that time you know to take off to even let his body get out of shape. You know he uh, he stayed in great shape all year. And uh, leading up to this show, I thought that he looked better than ever. And um, and I really thought on stage that he was uh, he was going to be one or two, but I mean that's the way bodybuilding goes, right? You never know. Yeah, you never know. You could look your best, but it really just depends on how everyone else looks when you're up there standing yeah. next to him. Another thing from the show, another takeaway, just going back to the open bodybuilding. Um, the final two were uh, Dexter and. Uh, kind of an up-and-coming guy William Bonnick who hasn't you know he I think he plays fairly well at the Olympia last year I think he came in third or fourth at the Olympia last year but he's not a you know a name like Dexter obviously Dexter's been around forever but and both of those guys look great I think uh it could have gone either way between Dexter or William but uh to think that Dexter Jackson is 48 years old and he's still you know, one of the top two at the at the Arnold Classic is unreal. You know, there's a lot of guys out there like that. I mean, you and you and I talk about mm-hmm. a guy like O'Hearn all the time. Yeah, who's 50 now, right? Who doesn't look it? No, doesn't lift like it. Mm-mm. Eliminates a lot of those excuses. I mean, it's it's easy for us to say, hey, you know, I'm getting older, and you know, you use that as an excuse. Yeah. you know, it. it I, I catch myself sometimes thinking that way. I don't. I'll never say it out loud. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll think that way, and then I. I think about guys like that and I, you know, there's, it's, it really is just more mindset. I think getting old, so much of it is an attitude. It's giving in and some, probably even a peer pressure too, you know, where 
you start to hear it, everyone around you that is your age, they start talking a certain way and sometimes you end up, you know, just giving into it. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you grow up around it. You know, I I remember back in my early teen or I'd say 18, 19 years old when I was, you know, first really getting serious into the gym. And when I was hanging around guys that were in their thirties at the time, which I considered old back then, but it's not old now. Um, you know, they would always say, Oh, wait till you're my age. You're not going to be able to do that. or You're not going to be able to do this. And I never understood that. And now as a, you know, I'm in my thirties and late thirties and, and I do have a lot of different nagging injuries, nothing serious. You know, I kind of see what they mean, but it's no excuse to like, just give up. No, but look, we talk about it all the time at the end of the day the biggest limitations we have in our life are the ones that we set for ourselves. Right. Absolutely. And and so it's your mindset. And so when you tell yourself that, well, then it it becomes true. So you just have to be really careful what you say to yourself. But I mean, I look at it all the time. I don't, I don't feel my age. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like. Right. But you know, in my head, do I feel really any different than I did in my mid twenties? Not really. You know, I've got, I've got the, the injuries, but that's not from age. That's just from, you know, car accidents. Yeah, and, and you be- have an excuse for, for yeah, some of these injuries. Yeah, beating myself up. But other yeah. than that, you know, I don't feel any different. And I certainly, certainly when I go into a gym, I don't feel like, oh, yeah, well, hey, you know, that guy's got me beat because he's 10 years younger, no. 10 years younger. Um, if anything, it, you know, I still feel that same competitiveness that I always did. Absolutely. When I see kids that are, you know, 10 years, 15 years younger than me in the gym, I want to beat them, you know, (laughs) that's like Chris. Oh yeah. Chris Chris or or VP. I mean, he's always got that chip on his shoulder. He's got the biggest chip on his shoulder ever. And, um, in the gym, in the gym. Yeah. He's the nicest guy outside of the gym you ever, ever meet. But, um, you know, speaking of Chris and in his training, you know, we were on the road. You know, I was gone. I left Tuesday of last week. We had a, a trade show, a small trade show in Orlando that we went to. And then we flew from there to, to Ohio. And um, I'd say, I mean, Chris is so impressive that every morning at 530, he was up for his cardio. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't matter what we did the night before. He's going to be up for his cardio. Um, and then immediately we'd go to breakfast and then as soon as we would get kind of scheduled for the day and what our meetings were going to be or where we were going to be, you know, throughout the day, the next thing on his mind is, all right, when am I going to get my workout in? You know, actually, I think Chris is a great segue into what you and I talked about would be a great topic for this podcast, which is really balancing and prioritizing your fitness goals with family and career, because now that you're a new dad, but Chris really, in my mind, epitomizes that because he always makes it a priority. It doesn't matter. No one I know, well, definitely no one in this building travels more than Chris does. Correct. He's got his two twin girls that are in different sports. One's mm-hmm. in cheerleading, the other's in, what is she in? Um, I don't want to. I want to say she was in wrestling, isn't well, she? Yeah, she was wrestling, and maybe we're getting a com- getting the two confused. I don't and, know which and, one's and which. Then, but and then his son's in lacrosse, and yeah, so. not only wrestling. The one, you know, the one daughter is like into flag football, and then soccer. I mean, there was one night last week where, and I'm not trying to bore everybody with Chris's family details, but <laughs> there was one night where he. Uh, he went to the, a flag football game and then had a 30 minute break and then had to go to a soccer match for the same girl and then get home and still train. And he goes in his garage at 10 o'clock at night and trains. So you're talking about someone who trains with the same intensity that he did when he was probably 20. Yep. He's a great husband. He's a great father. He's a great leader in business, very successful mm-hmm. there. So he balances all those things really well. And so when I hear people talking about, well, I can't do this because of that, you know, you look at someone like Chris and you say, okay, well, what's your excuse now? Yeah, dude, you're selling yourself short. And, you know, that's a that's a great segue, you know, yeah. now that uh, 
my uh, my son my son Breton is uh, going to be three months. Uh, what is today's date? The seventh. Today is, I think so. Okay, so tomorrow he'll be three months old, and um, obviously my uh, my lifestyle changed over the past three months, and I am adjusting, becoming a new dad. And um, it is it has been extremely beneficial to have the little home gym that I've built, you know, over the past couple of months at my place. I'm able to get my workout in later at night and not have to, you know, leave and go to the gym and take time away from family. But that's something, you know, I'd like to ask you, you know, you've you've got two kids, you're running a business, you stay in shape. You like to uh, work on your cars. You like I mean, you, and you do a lot of cool stuff that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of as far as like uh You've got you. What, what kind of car do you have outside? What is the the '67 Chevelle? Right, and you redid that entire car, right? A lot of it, right? And that's awesome. Like, and how did you? Well, for one, let's talk about the car. Like, how did you learn how to do that stuff? You know, I. <laughs> the funny thing is, I think you 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 look at someone and you think you know someone, but unless you know where they came from, yeah. you really don't know them. And so, I kind of grew up that like small town like. <laughs> God, I hate using the word white trash, but oh, you know, me too, man. You know, a little bit, a little bit, maybe. But uh, you know, and I say that with pride. I'm not embarrassed about that. But uh, I just wouldn't want anyone to take offense to it. No. But uh, no, you know, that was what I grew up around. The when I was a kid, my dad, one of his friends, had a shop, and they had the coolest cars in there. And he was always working on, you know, muscle cars and, you know, old Corvettes and, you know, swapping out motors. And the guy used to be a top fuel driver. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, big blown, you know, big oh, yeah. blocks. And so he had cool pictures on the wall and he had all the old, uh, you know, posters of, you know, the girls on the car and, you know, oh, that's great. It, it was all the, the cool stuff and it was just such a cool vibe and I just loved it. I just, I don't know, there was something about it. And so for me, cars are, are like sports are for a lot of people. Like I've got my own theory about sports. Your team, your real team is the one that you grew up with, right? So for me, football, I grew up in Northern California, so I'm a 49er fan right. and I've, I've lived in Florida now for whatever it is god i think uh i think 18 years now i'm not a dolphins fan and i'm never gonna never be a gonna dolphin. be no. no and the reason is i think that it's because we reminisce mm-hmm. we like to reminisce and it makes us feel good and it, it reminds us what it was like when we were kids yeah you romanticize that feeling of being a kid yep and just the freedom and and, and all of those things so, that come back so for me being in the garage working on my car or working on my bike it brings back that feeling. And so for me, it's, it's a stress relief, right? I go in there and that's how I shake off the day. Like, you know, for me to get tools out and start tearing something apart, rebuilding something, that's, that's my kind of like meditation. And it's the same with the gym. Right. Yeah. That's definitely what I use the gym for. I mean, and it's funny you say, you think like, you know, you, certain things bring you back to being a kid or whatever it is. And, and I have this weird association with the smell of a gym, like the rubber mats. Yeah. And that smell just makes me totally relaxed. I know that's that's really odd, but it makes me think about being a teenager. And the most important thing that I had going on was sports and, and, and working out. And um, and just recently when I got the new mats in my garage, now every day when I get home and I go about out in my garage to, to train and when I open that door and I get that smell, it's like, oh, I'm good now. You know, it's funny. Uh, someone said it to me, and I don't even remember who it was. They said, you know... That ten-year-old version of you may be the most true version of you there oh, is. Oh, yeah. 
And so I had to look back at when I was 10 years old and the things that I liked and what, you know, the dreams that I had. And I think that as we go through life and our life gets more complicated and, you know, responsibilities start stacking on top of that and we make decisions based on those responsibilities, sometimes we go off in a different direction than we thought we would in our life. And for a little bit, we lose track of, of who that is, that yep. 10-year-old version of you. And uh, so it anchors me. That, that grounds me. It's like someone who plays, you know, baseball, you know, going out to to a field and you know, the smell of fresh cut yeah. grass or, you know, those things, they bring you back. Takes and, you right back. Yeah. So, Absolutely. so the smell of gasoline and grease yeah. does that for me. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, you know, that, you know, that is a, a, a big hobby for you. And like you said, the training obviously is still a huge part of your life and I'm sure it always will be. Mm. So how do you manage that? I mean, obviously you, James is how old? James is now, my son is 11. And Minka is? She's now five. Five. So you have your hands full. I got my hands full and, you know, and it's tough because I'm not willing to sacrifice those things that are most important to me. So my kids are the most important things to me. My wife, that relationship, business is obviously extremely important and the responsibility that I feel here to everyone that's part of the team. So that's a priority. So then my fitness is a priority and then, you know, having some bit of time left over, for me, it all just boils down to priorities. And it's, I hate to oversimplify, but I tell people all the time, Everything in life boils down to priorities. You're going to make time and focus on the things that are most important for you. And if it's not important enough to you, if it doesn't make that top five list, if it falls off the top five, it's not going to happen. You're not going to do it. You're not yeah, going to do it. And so fitness is always going to be on my top five. But I think the biggest thing for me is always reminding myself of the reason why that I do it. And that's what makes it important. Because my reasons have changed over time. It used to be just about looking good and you know getting girls. But then, you know, when you get married, that's a lot of reason that a lot of guys do it, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens when they get in a serious relationship? Well, they're no longer like out there trying to look good. Right. So then they stop working out because it's no longer the, a strong enough motivation. So for me, I've got a couple, couple motivations for doing my reason for doing it. One is just like I said about the cars, it's my stress relief. Mm -hmm. It's that... It's my, you know, like sanctuary, if you will. Yeah. It's it's one environment. And matter of fact, we're doing a video for BPI right now based on this premise that in a world that's so crazy and chaotic, right? You know, we're in traffic and cars are honking and people are cutting you off while they're texting and your phone's going off. It's like it's beeping and you got messages and you got social media and your phone is ringing and all this stimulus, right? And we live in this world that's like hyperactive. We're so used to multitasking and stuff being thrown at us left and right. And it's just chaotic and it's crazy. So going into the gym is like that. It's right. Like, it's like, this is my domain. Yep. This is a place where everybody else can fuck off. Yep. The phone stays on my desk. I go into the gym. There's no phone. There's nothing. I mean, you know me. A lot of times I don't even train with music. Right. I'm just... Kind of just you in my out. workout. Yeah, you zone out. And that's great. I mean, that's, and that's one thing, you know, uh, now that, like I said, over the past couple of months as my schedule's changed and, um, you know, one thing I was worried about is like, am I going to still have that time for me? Right. Yep. And, um, the gym time is my me time. Like I don't need to just lay around and relax and not do anything. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want that. That's, yep. that's not fun for me. So being able to go and train, if I can get 45 minutes a day, I'm happy. I mean, if I can get an extra walk in during the day at some point, whether it's early in the morning or late at night, sometimes I'll even wait till 
until the baby goes to sleep. And then I just go for my 30 minute walk outside. Nothing, nothing too intense, but just clear my mind. And um, I mean, that's, that's the only way I've been able to. I, I was telling you that when James was, was little, because I was like you and, and, you know, so for anyone who doesn't know you, so most of the people listening to this, they don't realize how set your routine was. You know, Whitney <laughs> lived the single guy life. It was, you know, it was work hard, but then go home, you know, no girlfriend, nope. no responsibilities, do what you want to do when you want to do it. And everything is like, you know, that was the one thing, like no one or nothing is going to mess with your workout. Nothing's stopping it. No, you're going for your walk every night. That was yep. your cardio. So everything was like super like set in stone. And then all of a sudden in a short period of time, all that was disrupted. It all changed at once. You at know? once. <laughs> you know, obviously I'd, I'd been, I'd been dating India for a while. But, um, you know, we moved in. We might have talked about this last time, but we moved in together uh, in, was it May or, or June? And then the week, the first week that I moved into the new house with her, obviously she was pregnant at the time, and that's when I, I broke my ankle. You know, I shattered both sides of my ankle, which put me in a cast for until August. So, like, there was a lot of things I wasn't able to do. And, and, and when you can't train guys like me and you and you can't train, obviously that's going to, like, lead to more and more stress. And um, and then having the baby in December, getting engaged, and, and, and all of those steps moving in that direction. I mean, it, it's a completely different life than it was the December and Christmas, you know, before that. So, But it's great, though. I love it. You know, I was, uh, no, I mean, honestly, as I was a selfish guy, I never thought I wanted kids until I had kids. And I realized, you know, that there was as fulfilling as it is. It's amazing. I came home because, like I said, I was gone from Tuesday morning until Sunday night. And um, so when I got home Sunday at, you know, five or six or whatever it was, and I came came inside the house and, and Breton's getting to the age to where he's, uh, he's really, like, watching people and he can distinguish between different people, you know, like... He's starting to pay attention to things. And as soon as I came in, she was holding him and he just looks over her shoulder and he just watches and just stares. And you can say, you, you know what he's thinking. Like, I recognize him, you know, yeah. I've been gone for a week, but I know him and just watch me the whole time. And it makes you feel great. You know, it does make you feel great. So, no, I, I think the uh, the big thing for me is has always been trying to make everything dual purpose mm -hmm. so for me working out it wasn't just about you know staying in shape it was also it was the stress relief it was the me time and because if i only have such a limited amount of time to go around a limited amount of energy to go around it's like how do i make everything as multi-purpose as possible mm -hmm. and that way you know, I'm more likely to stick with it. So, you know, the stuff in, in the garage, it's stuff I enjoy doing, but it's also relaxing for me. Yep. It's the same thing, you know, with the gym and so just making it a priority, but you know, I get it. It's, it's tough for people when it's never been part of that routine and now trying to make it part of the routine. So having to displace something else. And I think that's the biggest thing is you know, trying to figure out out of all the things in your life, being able to evaluate all those things and what's taking up your time and saying, okay, what are the things that I'm willing to, to sacrifice? Cause there's gotta be a sacrifice, right? you know, but, uh, you know, there's certain things that you can't sacrifice now that you're a dad, you right. know, now that you're in a relationship, you know, business, you can't sacrifice. So I look at what are those things that are, you know, what, what can you get rid of? That's why I'm not that active on social media because mm -hmm. social media takes up a ton of time. A lot more time than people think too. 
I mean, it's, just, it's sneaky. It's, it'll suck away your day. It's sneaky. It's yeah. it's minute by minute. And I think if you were to add it all up, and I'm sure there's plenty of statistics out there, if you were to add it all up, how much time during your day that sucks up, that if you were to go ahead and say, hey, during the during business, course of business, I'm just going to be this much more productive. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to get all this done. I'm going to be more productive. Then if I want to, you know, either work out in the morning, you know, and start right at nine, mm-hmm. you know, get a workout in the morning or, hey, take my lunch break or, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get all my stuff done so I can leave right at five and head yep. to the gym. But the problem is that, you know, we're just instead of being really effective and being really efficient, I feel like social media and some of these distractions, it really just takes our productivity and it just kind of really dilutes it mm-hmm. over the course of a day. And then it makes it harder for us to justify taking that extra time and saying, okay, well, what's more important, my kids or my workout? Well, of course my of kids Of course are, your kids. Yeah, you're not going to. Always, gonna... <laughs> always. So how do I do it in a way that doesn't take away time from them? And and that's why I've also tried different things. You know, the, even with some of the YouTube content, I did the stuff where I was literally like combining everything. So I was working on my car and working out at home, you know, doing that it, whole Doing your series. workout and, and then editing. And, and, and mixing it into social media. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. I mean, that was a whole lot to keep up with. That was a bit much. I, I actually, honestly, I couldn't couldn't sustain that and it was it was the editing that had to go yeah which meant you know the youtube content and so a lot of people said hey you know why people are, people are upset with you i think right <laughs> a lot of people yeah a lot of people said hey yeah. why don't you keep up with this why don't you keep up with that why don't you keep up with the thing with kirby the right. games to gains and that's because it's a lot of energy you know? right it's a lot of energy to not just you know shoot that stuff and edit that stuff but also to keep that going, right? I'm, I'm actually putting my energy into another person and trying to push right. them and, you know, get them on track. And that requires a lot of my own energy. And it does take a lot of energy out of you. I mean, I've done that before with people and help them get in shape. And it does take, and not that I mind it at all because I actually enjoy it, but it does, it, there's a huge commitment on your part to do that and keep up with everything else you're doing. And but speaking of Kirk, Kirby, he's still, yeah. he's still training, right? I mean, he's still, he's still in the yeah, gym he looks every great. Day. Yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah, he actually looks like a normal dude now. Right. I mean, when he when he came here, he looked like, I mean, he looked like he was from a third world country. He was skinny, yeah. I mean, he really was actually. You could use that word gaunt. Yeah, you know, his face was sucked in. Oh yeah. And now he looks like a normal dude. He's out there training the gym. He's consistent. You know, he's had his ups and downs. Mm -hmm. After we finished games to gains, I think because that was his motivation. Right. And his accountability was also built into it because he knew people, people were watching, people were watching him. So when we were done with that, again, he had to go and figure out what his reason for doing it was and how to hold himself accountable. And so he's been going through that whole process of how to keep himself on track and and really, you know, figure out what his new goals are and 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 how to, you know, like I said, really be more accountable to himself right. and his own goals. Yeah, and he's ne- he's definitely made this a part of his life now. So like it's just intertwined with everything else he's doing. So yeah, it's, and it's it's kind of cool for me to look back and say, here was a guy who never worked out. He never did. Right. Never went to the gym, and so now to see it part of his life and part of his routine and a, a priority to him, yep. that makes me feel good, and it makes me feel like that was a good investment in my mm-hmm. time Absolutely and energy. So Absolutely. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So. With so much happening in such a short period of time, so, you know, because you were the guy that was always in shape, did mm-hmm. a million magazine covers, and, you know, like, fitness was just your thing. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all these things, like, normal guy problems. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's like moving in, moving into a new house, having a baby, and then on top of it at the same time, like you said, the injury, right? Yep. So now you got this ankle injury. 
I always, I always tell people it's like tripping, right? You know, we all, we all trip, but how quickly can you catch yourself? Do you, do you trip and just like fall and say, ah, oh, I'm done. Know, I'm done and fall on the ground and then like cry about it. Or, you know, the key is catching yourself quicker. So when all that was going on, did you feel like temporarily, did you feel like, yeah, there was a point there. I'd say right after I had surgery, mm-hmm. um, and I was in, you know, I was in pretty decent amount of pain and um and I thought to myself like wow you know I was there's so many things that I wanted to do this summer right it's because I know the baby's coming in December and there's going to be some things that I wouldn't that I wouldn't be able to do after the baby was here and and I I wanted to get back like when I hurt myself I was in pretty good shape and and I wanted to uh I wanted to get really lean again and, and maybe shoot some stuff you know before the end of the year and when that happened, and um, I didn't have an appetite, I didn't feel like training. Obviously, I couldn't do a lot of things for you know several months, and um, and not that I put on a lot of weight, but body composition started to change. And um, and I remember looking at myself a couple of times, and this was after about three weeks of eating a bowl of cereal every night for dinner because that's the only thing I felt like eating. And I say a bowl, I mean a box. Yeah. Um, no, I looked at myself a couple of times and thought, wow, you know, is this is this kind of like where I'm going to end up, you know, am I going to ever get back to where I was before? And, you know, that lasted for, you know, a couple of days. And then I said, you know, fuck this. I'm so, gonna- so what was that? Because I think a lot of people can relate to that. They've gone down that path, right? It's like a, one little slip leads to another little slip to yeah. another. And then all of a sudden they just say, fuck it. it. I'm too far gone. I don't care. And they let go. Yeah. Most people do that. So, and that's it's that's what I talk about, like tripping. Yeah. How how quickly can you catch Absolutely. yourself? So what was that that went through your mind where you said, "All right, fuck it, I'm not going to let this happen." Like, what was that thought process that ran through your mind? Well, I mean, there's a couple things that that um that go into this. I mean, for one, I've always been an extremely competitive person, and um and I hate not being my best self, right? Like I I I look at myself and I'm extremely critical. And if say like, well, shit, you know, I, I look like, I look terrible today. And I could have been, you know, we've talked about this, you know, this body dysmorphia stuff before. And I've said, I, I can, you know, I can look much better than this. So when I did see myself starting to really get out of shape, I said, I can't let myself do this. Like I can't. And another, you know, another big part of that is, is working in here. And, you know, I've got guys like Chris, you were around Cutler often, Jose, other guys that are always in great shape, always reminding you, and it re- yes, and it reminds me like you know I'm you know I'm one of them like you know I've got to get back to where I was, yeah. and it's motivating. I don't want to say it's fun because it it's definitely not fun to have an injury or you know like anything like that would you know stop you from training. That's not fun at all, but it is fun because it's competitive because I I enjoy getting back into shape and I enjoy training hard and I enjoy there's something uh, there's something about uh, just having it all come together that I love so that's really it you know I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to probably shoot again in the next couple months so that was that's that was going to be my next question because you and I talk about it when those periods where I've kind of gone through those lulls and and I just I just chalk it up to you know it's that natural ebb and flow there's going to be times where you're on your game and times where you're not. And yep. so for me, coming out of the holidays, going through a lot of like, you know, crazy family stuff, losing my dad, that, you know, stuff that we all have to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not like I stopped working out or started eating bad, but I definitely, you know, drifted way away from my routine. Right. And then trying to get that that energy 
refocus and get back on track. And you and I've talked about it and you know me that I'm always looking for that next goal. Yeah. Just something that I can sink my teeth into because for me, I need to get excited about it mm -hmm. again. I need to find that energy that I can tap into and work towards something. I'm super goal oriented. Yep. Otherwise I feel like I'm drifting. Yeah. So, so for you, what is that? Like when right now, so kind of like whole new chapter. Mm -hmm. So now you're dad, you got all this stuff yep. going on. What's, what's that thing that's getting you excited to get into the gym? All it takes for me is one really good workout. Right. And, and I actually had that workout last night and I was so motivated by it. I went into the gym last night at, in my garage and, and I did chest and, uh, I had an amazing workout. The weights just felt light. Everything felt like it was coming together. And, and once I have that, I don't know what it is. There's just something inside of me that I love training so much. And I love being in shape and just the way that I feel when I'm in shape and the way that I feel when I'm extremely strong. I love that so much that that motivates me just to keep going. It really does. And then obviously there's a cover sitting right behind uh, this chair over here where, you know, your, your cover for inside fitness just came out. You see stuff like that. And, you know, they, I mean, that's, you know, there you are right there, extremely shredded back in December. December. Yeah. You see stuff like that, and that motivates you. It's like, I want another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that... Uh... And let's, But let's talk about that real quick, though, because <laughs> I want to go back to that. Yeah. Because you took a different approach yeah. to that cover as you have to, mm -hmm. like, your previous covers here. And um, what was different about this? Like, what did you... Like, how did how did that come about, and what did it's, you It, it was... So it's everything that we're talking about. It was just a different mindset, coming from a different place... You can be in great shape and you can go in and kill your workouts. And, you know, we talk about priorities, making fitness your priority. But I also see that get so lopsided more often than not. I mm -hmm. see it get really lopsided where it becomes these extremes. Either people really aren't into it or when they do get into it, it becomes their number one priority and everything else, you know, falls a distant second. Yeah, they lose everything else. You know, whether it's their relationships or their focus at work or whatever it is, fitness becomes, it becomes too out of balance. And I lived that way for a long time. And I just wasn't, wasn't willing to do that anymore. I know what my priorities are and, and I've got a, a decent balance and it shifts, right? It's always moving. It's kind of like, you know, if it were a pie chart, you know, maybe, you know, one day or one week, one piece is taken up the majority mm -hmm. of the line to go out and drink the more you have to divide up that time mm -hmm. and the more one thing affects the other thing and so with this i i was on this podcast talking with dennis about goals and actually it was this exact conversation i was saying that i was looking for that next goal right just kind of wanted to like push myself get back into the gym get focused again and so terry friendo who owns inside fitness magazine was watching the podcast and he hit me <laughs> up right after he said you want a goal? I said, sure. He's like, shoot the cover again. I said, awesome. That's awesome. So it actually be, it stemmed from this from podcast. This, yeah. Yep. And, uh, but with that being said, I told him flat out from day one, I said, look, I'm going to do it different. It's not going to be a crazy diet. I'm not going to, matter of fact, I said, I'm not even training in the gym. I said, I haven't even been touching weights. You're I've been doing all bands. All bands. Mm -hmm. I said, so just to give you a heads up, I said, so, you know, just kind of so he could manage his own expectations. Right. And, uh, and I was actually a little nervous about it because I've never done that before. 
I've always gotten in shape one way and I know how to get in shape just like you know how to get yeah, in shape. And we're so stubborn about that, right? Yeah. So it's like, I know exactly how to eat. I know mm -hmm. how, you know, if I want to get shredded, I know how to manage my carbs and how to cycle my carbs. I know how much cardio I need to do. I know how hard I need to train in the gym. And so this was approaching it in a totally different way, which was intentional, not just for balance, but it was for the for lack of a better word, for the adventure of it. Because the other way had become so predictable, I knew I could do it. Yeah. And it was boring. It I think was boring. We, yeah, we've talked about that before. We know, and it, we know that six to eight weeks, if you do this, yeah. you're going to look like this. We've well, done it so many times. Which for anyone who's, who's watching or listening to this right now would say, oh, fuck you, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm working my ass off. Right. But what I would say to that is it's still really predictable it's not rocket science there's not some sort of crazy equation there it's really basic it's just amount of the amount of energy you know time and consistency that you put into it and you know and like so much of it is time right yeah. we just know that if we apply a certain amount of effort over a certain period of time you get a certain result and so and that's all i would say to anyone is you just have to be more patient and buy in less to all the hype all the bullshit about yes. getting in shape in four weeks or six weeks yep that's a load of shit you just have to know that it takes a period of time and the more you know the more out of shape you are the longer it's going to take yeah that's pretty simple it's pretty simple right so but with that being said you know you and i stay because we've been consistent for so long that we always stay within striking distance so mm -hmm. i know that you know, give me eight weeks, I can get in shape. Absolutely. You know, I don't even need 12. Right. Give me eight weeks, but that's doing it the old way. And so doing it a different way, I didn't know if giving myself eight weeks, if I could get that result. And so it scared me a little. Yeah. Because I felt an expect, or not an expectation, a responsibility to meet a certain expectation, right? If I'm going to be on a cover, I don't want to look terrible. Right. Because he's trying to sell magazines. Right. He doesn't want to put me on a cover if I look terrible. It's not going to sell any magazines for him. He's going to lose money. So I had a responsibility there. And so that scared me. And that being scared is part of adventure, right? That's part of, it's the unknown that makes it fun and makes yeah. it exciting. So for me, it was just seeing if I could get the same result with a different approach. Yeah. And you definitely did. Yeah. I mean, I, look, you know, I, I didn't do. And if anybody hasn't seen it, is it on, it's on BPI's Instagram? I think it's on BPI's and my right, Instagram. Your ins okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a great cover and, 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 you know, like I saw, obviously I saw you in person training up to this point and, um, you really didn't look any different. I mean, you know, like there, maybe, yeah. you know, when you competed last year, obviously you took it to the next level for the show and you were super dialed in and, but that was way too much, right? That, That's not even a, like a, a well, that look was, that anybody would want. Like, and that was, and that, and you can relate to this. As a matter of fact, you know, you talk to anyone who's really, really into the sport it's not the training, like the training wasn't really any different. It was the nutrition. So for me to compete, it's the amount of meals that I'm eating a day and how much time and energy and focus it takes to eat that way. Yeah. Six meals a the day. The worst. It's a lot of work. And so this, I think the biggest difference wasn't about the level of intensity with my workouts because my workouts were real intense. They mm -hmm. were, it was just a different form of it. Right. Instead of free weights, it was just bands, but it was still just as intense. It was the nutrition. I, I went into this like a normal person. I ate healthy, you know, I hate the word clean, but it was good, healthy food. Right. 
but I was only eating three, four times a day. I wasn't eating six or seven right. times a day. You weren't cramming meals in. No. And uh, you weren't carrying around Tupperware with you everywhere you went. We no. ate out for lunch probably. Every day. Yeah, every day leading up to it. So it wasn't like, so that's awesome to know that you can do that and was, live, a, live a somewhat normal life. Is it? It's a normal, yeah. normal, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And and that was the other reason I wanted to do it. It was almost proving a point is that it's all it's always this dogma, right? That there's just one way to do something. There's only one way to train and only one way to do cardio and only one way to eat if you want this result. And that's not true. And so I wanted to show people that, you know, you can live a somewhat normal life. You can be a good dad. You can be a good husband. You can be a successful business person. And you don't have to live out of Tupperware. Right. And you can still have some of your hobbies on the side. You can live a normal, healthy, fun, productive life and still get in great shape. Maybe not to the same level that you would. I mean, look, if you were to compare the shape I was for that magazine to say Stephen Cow stepping on stage, he would kill me. Like his level of conditioning is that next level, but it requires that next level of training, that next level of nutrition, right? It's but, just you know, time that, consuming. Yeah, and that's what we talked about though. Like really, the whole time you were training for this, and when we were back in the gym, you know, that's not what you were going for. I mean, no. we were talking about the look for this magazine, and it was something. I mean, I, I don't want to use the word obtainable because it's that's. But but it's a good word. But it's not, I mean, I don't, you still, you're, you're peeled over here. So like, it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say, oh, this is easy to do, but, um, but it was a, a definitely like, a, a, a not as an extreme. It's, of a it's goal. more realistic. You re, there you go. Realistic. It's more realistic. And that's what, you know, if, if I were to, the message that I would want to share with people and where my head's at these days, what I want for myself and, and what I want to share with other people is how to live a happy, fulfilling life and make fitness part of it. Like right. I'm not a fitness guy. So this may be my career and it may be one of the things that I enjoy doing, but people are like, Oh, you're a fitness guy. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I like fitness. Like I like working out, you know, or bodybuilding, whatever you want to call it. But it's just one aspect of my life. It's not who I am as a person. Right. And, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be perceived as that because no. I, I think there's a whole lot more to me than just being that, a, that a fitness, that, a fitness model. Yeah. yeah being one dimensional like yeah, that. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think no matter how much someone is into fitness and no matter how new it is to them and how exciting and how much they enjoy it still, no one wants to be like a one trick pony. No, definitely not. I mean, and then you take the, the people that, that are, like you said, that are so just consumed by it. Yeah, you know, they lose they lose a lot of other things in their life too, and that's not really a way to live. Well, look, you and I can speak from experience. It's yeah. not like we're you know. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, I've I've been there. I've I've had to learn the hard way, and so certainly not the guy saying, "Hey, you know, I've I've done it the right way." Matter of fact, I the first to admit it, I'm not the guy who knows how to do it right first time. <laughs> I'm the one who makes all You've the mistakes. Experience. Uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. experience comes from doing it the wrong way doing it the wrong way and, and having bad priorities. And uh, so, you know, that's my whole goal right now. And and maybe maybe some of it's a byproduct of my age, but you know what? I don't think so. Even if I was 20 years old right now and said, what would you want to do? I would still say the same thing because when I was in my 20s training and I was so super focused on it, I wouldn't go anywhere with my friends. I wouldn't travel. I wouldn't do anything because I didn't want anything disrupting my schedule. Yeah, it's not the way to live, you know, and, and I went through it too. It's so difficult. So if I look at it now and said, if I were to do my 20s over, would I still want fitness to be part of it? Absolutely. Yeah. 
I would just do it a different way so I could go travel and go have fun and do all these things and have better balance and really enjoy my life. And so when I talk about even like bands, why do I like bands? It's that it gives me the flexibility. Right. I'm not stuck in the gym. I like sometimes as much as I love the gym, sometimes it's a love hate. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate feeling stuck in the gym. You're confined to the gym. Like I have to go to this place to lift these weights. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. Well, this experiment obviously worked, um, and I'm sure it was scary to to like go through the process. And we always beat ourselves up when we're trying to get in shape for something, and you know, get a little nerve wracking. But obviously, Terry loved the way you look. He, you know, put you on the cover there, and, and there's a feature in there too, right? There's a feature, and that's actually yeah. what it's all about. Is right. I just it's my band uh, band workout for back, so it's all back exercises. And uh, you know, right on the beach, we went out there at sunrise. It was six o'clock in the morning sun you know coming up over the ocean i mean it's just a cool experience and i think those guys enjoyed it too because it's not just your typical photo shoot of hey let's go into the gym let's set up lights let's do the whole thing i mean we're out there sitting there literally waiting for the sun to come up that's awesome we shot for i'm not kidding it was maybe like 15 minutes and that's another thing that's definitely not the typical photo shoot and arthur author who shoots for terry yeah arsenic yeah he does such an awesome job and he gets because we shot with him two years ago up on the rooftop of the gym and uh I mean, we were up there for maybe an hour that day, and we just shot wor- so many photos. Well, like, it's just work- so good. It's just working out, and I think that's the one thing that I like. It's it's almost like when you and I did that that training video for bodybuilding.com, mm-hmm. and we went up there to Boise, Idaho, and and you and I were like, hey, we want to do it different because back then it used to be that they would set up the lights, and you would do one exercise, and then they move their lighting set up. And all staged. It was all staged, and it would take like six hours to do this video. And you and I were like, oh, "This doesn't even—it's not even a workout. You right. can't even break a sweat." Yeah. So we went up there, said, "All right, no lights, just follow us on the go." Yep. And they loved it. We loved it. It was a real workout, and it was—it was genuine because it was genuine. Yeah, it, was it was a real workout. We got—we just went and trained, and they filmed it. Which is funny because it changed the way they did videos from that point on. I know. But he's the same way. Arthur's the same way as a photographer that he'll just follow you. Right. He was just like, all right, just work out and I'll just take pictures. That's so cool. And so that was the same way. I mean, we literally shot for 15 minutes and that was it. That's and, cool. And uh, it turned out awesome. So pretty, pretty happy with it. And I, I think the coolest thing about it is even though I was nervous before, now that I know that I can get the result – that builds that confidence yeah. and it makes you more willing to take, try new things and yep. not get locked into that same way of doing things. Because after training for 25 years, if I had to train the same way all the time, I would quit just out of You'd boredom. Get bored. Yeah. Yeah. Or feeling like I was just going insane, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's Absolutely. always been my biggest fear is feeling like I'm just on autopilot Yeah, and yeah. I don't ever want to feel that way. Definitely not. Well, if Terry, if Terry's watching today, catch me in two months i want to shoot a cover so <laughs> that's my goal uh, you know I'll, and you and i've talked about this before and so you know anyone who knows whitney this guy can get diced i mean like i can't even get that lean no matter how hard i try but i think the look that you get when you're a step short of that when it's yeah. it's just really lean but not shredded right i think it's a cool look and and i'm trying to talk as many people as i can into going for that look let's call it a more realistic look yep. because i think it's setting sending a better message to everyone out there because if if people that are looking at images on instagram or watching on youtube or looking at the magazines and they're seeing this crazy level of conditioning 
and they don't realize that what goes into it, it sets a bad expectation because they're measuring themselves against that. Oh yeah. And so I think, you know, saying, Hey, look, here's a new standard. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to have veins in your abs to look great. Like what, let's redefine what looks great. Having abs looks great having cuts like yep. you know that nice separation between Just your having delts some and separation your and and also another thing and i and i used to you know fall into this when i would get extremely shredded and i would lose the fullness you know in my muscles and i would just look skinny right i mean it looks like when they take a photo it looks cool because i was extremely shredded and you could see some awesome detail but if you're if you're not full and your muscles aren't full and round you know you it just makes you look slight and I don't like that. Here's the one thing that's changed over the years is vascularity. Like, and I got caught up in it when I was young. I remember it's like the first time you start getting so veins oh, in yeah, your forearms. forearm veins. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at them, you're like, Oh yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you start touching them all the time and it looks cool, yeah. but a little bit. Yes. And the problem with physiques that I see now, and it's, it's not just bodybuilding. I see it on Instagram with fitness models and, these guys that are just really grainy and vascular and it's not a nice look yeah. it doesn't look good yeah and especially i would just uh, you know some uh, advice to younger guys that have that look and they go for that look year long be very careful about that because it's you might do long-term look long-term damage yeah you might look great when you're 25 and you're that hard and lean and vascular all year long but when you're 40 you're gonna look 50 or 60. You know, and that's the thing, because, you know, now I'm 43 this year, I'll turn 44, which blows my mind. (laughs) But, you know, my goal is to keep doing this. Heck yeah. Keep doing it and, and, you know, keep training and keep keep looking good and, you know, doing my thing. And when I see guys that are literally 15 years younger than me that look older than me, it's crazy to me. I know. But that's that's because they're abusing themselves and it's all about this short-term thinking. It's... How do I look right now? Yep. Not how am I going to look five years from now or 10 years from now? And you got to think that way because guess what? One day you're going to fucking you're, wake up and it's going to be five or 10 you're years gonna from be now. There. You're going to be there. And there's a lot of guys that we've seen over the years that, you know, and they have like a two-year window yep. where they look awesome. And maybe some guys that, you know, we've looked at to, you know, sponsor or whatever or, or have as an ambassador or affiliate. And, uh, and, and it's such like a short time frame, and then all of a sudden they they lose it because you can't hold on to that, and then they just kind of ruin their bodies. So here's we'll we'll close with this. Here's a philosophical fitness question. So we talked about goals. You have to have your goal, something that gets you excited. That's what motivates you. That's your reason for doing it. That's your why. So there's so many people out there now. Instagram by itself has attracted so many people to fitness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people are doing it for this perception, for this image on social media to be able to project that out. Now they have an audience, right? It'd be almost the same as us doing a bodybuilding show years and years Mm -hmm. ago. That was our reason for doing it is to get on stage in front of an audience. So now you have a worldwide audience you can put on social media. So here's the philosophical, philosophical question. If Instagram didn't exist, would these people still work out? Wow. No. (laughs) <laughs> no and which 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 begs the question because at the end of the day you have to ask yourself why are you doing it are you doing it for somebody else or are you doing it for yourself it's a good point it's a good point and like you said that once once social media and instagram especially instagram started to grow you had more and more you know fitness models and and now and that gives them a re, you know something to train for or, or look forward to and they build their whole life around it well yeah and, he, and even a career yeah 
even yeah. a career. I mean, look, if Instagram disappeared, you'd have a lot of starving fitness models Absolutely. out there right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting because I always say, you know, I've had the opportunities over the years to, you know, get flashy things like, you know, let's say an exotic car, mm-hmm. which is wasn't my style. It just didn't do anything for me. And I've always said that if you like things like that, let's say that you like a Lamborghini because you just appreciate the craftsmanship, you appreciate the heritage or whatever it is about the brand. And to you, it's personally meaningful. And then you're true. And you got to call yourself out on the shit and be super honest that you're definitely not doing it for the attention or approval of other people. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even notice, don't care, which come on, what are the chances of that? If you're just doing it for yourself, that's super cool. Go buy the car, drive the car. But you got to ask yourself, why are you really doing it? And I see that with fitness now. It's the same thing. People wear fitness the same way that they wear fancy watches or fancy cars. You're so right. They're not doing it for themselves. They've, you know, some of their motivations are really for the approval of other people. Yep. And and that's kind of a bummer. And I, I would challenge a lot of people out there to find a reason instead of doing it for other people and for the approval of other people, because that only leads to disappointment especially in a world that's look it's so competitive now in the fitness world where everyone looks great out there yeah. if you're just trying to keep up with that keep up with the joneses that that's pretty tough now you're setting yourself up for failure so i would <clears throat> challenge people to you know of course i want as many people out there to embrace a fitness lifestyle and to get in shape and to feel good about themselves you know just to lead a healthy happy productive life but i would challenge them to find a reason that's personally meaningful something that you know matters to them not because you know looking for the approval of other people yeah good point so good way to end it well cool so we survived without dennis here so happy birthday dennis happy birthday dennis you're fired yeah (laughs) don't even bother coming back yeah i got a replacement now so all right yeah thanks for having me on this was fun please have me back again soon. I enjoy hanging out with you guys. Yeah, we'll do it again. I mean, we talked about it last time when yeah. it was uh, it was Dennis, you and I, and uh, we got to get Chris on here. Chris would be a, yeah. Chris a, is next. Chris would be uh, he would totally change the energy of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. best one liners in the business. He really does. Yeah. He, he's got uh, and he's got you know what I like about Chris is he's opinionated. He's oh got yeah. His, he's got his own perspective on things, yep. and and I love his especially when it comes to fitness. I yep. love his passion. I. Uh, Look at all aspects of life. You know, he's a passionate dad, passionate husband. He's passionate in business. And I think that's what really drives him. What makes him successful is his passion. Yeah, absolutely. So it'd be cool to uh, get his insights into that, what motivates him, what drives him, what keeps him on track. Because, you know, he's human like everyone else. Yep. He's got his low points. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, we've seen him in the gym, you know, because sometimes he's all all in or all out. Yeah. Not that he's all out. Not but, all out, but. You but know, you know when he's all in. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and I'm sure he'll be he'll have a, a secret show coming up here in the next couple months because that's what he does to us. He sneaks them in. He's yeah. He does bodybuilding shows without telling anybody. He'll uh, you ask him because you know you see it. You oh, see yeah. him eating cleaner. You see him doing more cardio, and you ask him, Chris, what do you got going on? What's what's coming up? Nothing. Um, no, nothing. Next thing you know, he competed. <laughs> yeah. He competed, and no one even knew. He shows up on a Monday, and he's got a tan on. Right. Right. So. That's awesome. Cool. Well, wait. Right. Thanks, man. I yeah, appreciate it. Me. So that's uh, that's a wrap on uh, episode Anthony. What episode? Is it? 18? 19. 19. 19. All episode right. Episode nineteen of the James Grage Theory. And next right. week, Dennis will be back.